Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When Damascus away, the boys will play on this latest episode of Off Topic Hot Topic. Off Topic Hot Topic. Uh, that's whatever you were talking about for you. Hello and welcome to Off Topic Hot Topic, a hunting season's bonus podcast. We, we get to talk about the headlines of the TV and entertainment world and discuss the stuff we've been watching, reading, playing and generally consuming. I'm Broderick Gordis and Damask Leary is not here today. Unfortunately, she's had to pull out at the last minute. She's very, very busy with her uni work and teacher placement and that sort of stuff. So to join me to get this episode out this week is my little brother, Liam. Liam Gordis, how are you today? I am fantastic. How are you, brother? Good. Thank you for coming back on the podcast. You've been on a few times before. Yeah. Most yeah. recently on our Soprano Season 1 episode. Certainly have, We yes. should probably get back to Soprano Season 2 at some stage fairly soon. We'll get there. We'll uh, get before there. the end of the year, I promise we'll get at least one more out there, maybe even two. Uh, what have you been up to recently? You have a couple of podcasts going at the moment, don't you? Certainly do. So, uh, I have two podcasts, um, one of which is... is Probably the more relevant of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's called The Watch List. Mm. Uh, basically, it is a podcast, I would say weekly, but it's definitely not weekly, uh, where myself and- Weekly is hard. Yeah, weekly is hard. You would know. I know very well. Um, Hence why we're doing this episode without <laughs> one of my hosts. Uh, so, basically, a couple of friends and I, we watch a movie that one of us, at least one of us, has not seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, we get- all the information at the start about what they know about that film. We then watch the film. We don't record that bit because it would be a four-hour podcast. <laughs> and then we uh, we review the, the film afterwards and, and get their what the, how their predictions went and, and all that kind of stuff afterwards. Uh, that's very much a selfish podcast. It's one that we do only because we there's movies that we haven't really seen. It, it's built on a similar premise to why we started Hunting Seasons. Exactly. Which was we are watching... All of these television shows, premium prestige television shows, everyone says we should. Let's do a podcast to make us do it. It's less about. It's the, not uh, like that anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> but that's what started as. Exactly. It's that that one's more for us to sort of force ourselves or our my friends to watch films they definitely should have seen. Um, the second podcast though is my more recent one and actually a much easier one to make because it's literally half an hour of conversations. Nice. Uh, it's called. Can I swear on this? Yes, absolutely. Called, this is explicit, this podcast. Oh, ours too. It's called Shit Dates. So that one's all about the worst possible dates that people have gone on. Because uh, myself and my co-host, Georgia, who was also on our my other podcast, um, we're both very single and... Uh, both been, very single. <laughs> that's, that's how we explain it on the show. They're your qualifications. Yeah, that's our qualifications. <laughs> and we've And I know for a fact that I have been on some shit dates. Uh, she has not. No, before you get an idea, bro, so we're not going to date each other. <laughs> if you guys end up dating each other and your first shit date is recording an episode of Shit Dates. That would be amazing. That Wouldn't that be... What an ending. Wouldn't that be great? What um, an arc. I like it. Well, Go on. Go know, make it happen now. Oh, Georgia, if you're listening. Definitely not up to me. <laughs> um, so, what you're saying is you're interested, but someone else isn't. Please cut all this Good out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's shit dates. So we get every week we get a different story from a different different friend of ours, um, and that is every week. Oh, nice! Yeah, good so far. 
Well done. That keep it up. That is that's hard to do. It's not it's not hard because the world is full of terrible dating stories. Sure. We've all had one. So how do we find both of these? First one's called First one is called The Watch List. That is available on any podcasting platform. Mm-hmm. The actually no, it's only on Spotify and iTunes. We're not again, that one's more for us. You if you like it, feel free to listen to it. I care less about it. Uh, <laughs> Boy, you know how to promote these things. Oh, yeah. The other one, yeah, Shit Dates, is available on all good podcasting uh, places. You can look us up on Instagram at, at Shit Dates Podcast or on Spotify. Just look up Shit Dates or iTunes Shit Dates. Or if you have a Shit Date story you want us to talk about on the show, send it to at Shit Date Podcast at Shit Wait. Shit. I never get this right on my own podcast. Uh, it's very hard thing to say really quickly. Um, shit Date Podcast at gmail.com very very nice all right let's get into it then there's heaps to talk about the main reason i wanted to get out and do this episode today and like we could have waited another week or whatever and like just had an off week but there has been so much to talk about and so yeah i read the uh, i read the agenda far out (laughs) too much news has happened way too much quick headlines get this as quickly hbo has renewed succession for a third season are you familiar with succession no succession tracks the lives of the roy family as they contemplate their future once their aging father played by brian pop Brian Cox begins to step back from the media and entertainment conglomerate they Wait, can control. Brian Cox is in the science. No, as in the science, <laughs> as in the actor. This is loosely based on the Murdochs, Trump, and other super rich families. Its second season is currently airing. It's only just started in the last few weeks, I think, and seems to be gaining popularity and notoriety. Both David Chen and Joanna Robinson have their own separate recap podcast. So this is. For some people, seen as being like modern day Game of Thrones, I think it's been compared to. It's ah. like it's all about like family politics and business politics. Yeah, please. hearing great things. Can you please remind me who Brian Cox is? I uh, he's an actor. Look him up, buddy. All right. <laughs> In the meantime, <laughs> I'll though, do that with my own time. I would like to get on to Succession, <laughs> sorry, and yeah. hopefully get there one day. Big Mouth season three arrives on Netflix on October fourth, so that's very soon, about a month away from today. Um, as we mentioned, Damascus and I talked about this on a previous podcast. Big Mouth was recently renewed for three more seasons, so there's lots more coming with that. That face you're making suggests you don't like Big Mouth I know very that much. Damask loves it, right? She does. Yeah, I could not get into that show. I don't know what it is. Oh, I might also say quickly, we are recording not in our normal setting, so it's a bit echoey. It sounds a bit different today. Excuse me. This is mine and Liam's lounge room. So, there you go. Uh, USA Network's Mr. Robot will return for its fourth and final season on October 6th. You've watched a bit of Mr. Robot. Yeah, I'm making the same face I'm out about Big Mouth. So, what happened with Mr. Robot? I watched the first season of Mr. Robot and I hated the way it was shot. And I know that I've, I've read a lot of the stuff recently about how it... Uh, that's the way it was made. Like they made it uncomfortable to watch because they wanted the settings or whatever to be uncomfortable. Yeah, the the way it's shot is it's very unusual framing. Everyone's put in a corner or is like, like I think there's other ways of doing that besides giving something way too much headroom. And, sure. And making it unwatchable. I honestly thought when, unwatchable, I, was, when, I, was, wow. when I was watching it, I thought that I had like a terrible version of it or something because I, I mean, I mean, I watched legally, um, but <laughs> I thought I had like a terrible, like a, a version where like it was like cutting off, you know, and they people upload stuff to YouTube or something and they do it a little bit wrong or backwards so that the world can't catch on to the fact sure, that they're uploading sure. stuff or yeah. it's a little bit faster. Yeah. Um, yeah, I felt like I was watching something like that where it was made specifically it just felt shot off. off in the corner of a thing. Yeah, it felt So off. even though that was a deliberate choice, you didn't, you felt it was working against the show rather than for the when show. When I realized it was a deliberate choice, I was like, I didn't agree with it. Sure. Anyway, yeah, I'm a stickler. 
HBO's Watchmen TV series, yes. uh, created by Damien Lindelof, premieres on October 20. That's coming up real soon. Now, I'm very, very keen for this. You and I have talked about this before, but did we figure out if it was a sequel? It's a sequel. S- we don't, sequel to the books or the movie? Or? I don't know if they've specified. I don't know if they ever will. I get the feeling it might be more of like a... Uh, it's not specifically the comic or the movie. It's like... But Jeremy Irons is playing the character we thought was playing. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Um, so it's definitely a sequel set a couple of decades, maybe more after the oh, end of be, Watchmen. Yeah. yeah. Um, but based on the trailers, highly recommend checking out the trailers. The latest one really got me excited. Yep. Um, the idea of a Watchmen sequel, in theory, could be really terrible. Hearing about this news originally, I was very skeptical of the idea. I'm not a massive Lindelof fan, but I've heard great things specifically about The Leftovers, which is another show I'm yet to get to that he um, was showrunner on. Apparently, is great. Um, so I'm left curious, and the trailer makes it look like they've got a very what they're choosing to focus on. Um, especially, this is like you want to talk about the boys a bit later. Yeah, uh, the boys is interesting because it comes out the right time. We are in superhero saturation at the moment. Yeah, that was something the point I was going to bring up. And Watchmen feels the same thing. Mm -hmm. A new version of Watchmen for the 21st century um, based on how we uh, hold up vigilante heroes as like Mm -hmm. our idols these Mm -hmm. days is a very, very interesting concept you could do a lot with. Whether the show will or not, we'll see. And it's likely that we'll be actually reviewing it on Hunting Seasons if we can. It'll be really interesting to see if they go the route, if it is a sequel, whether they go, they retcon a little bit from the film or retcon or the comic. Like, there was things we talked about the ending of the film is different yeah, to I, the comic. Yeah, I think right? we're going to know pretty early on which one Well, is. they could, yeah, they could literally mention, just offhandedly mention a giant squid, right? We know Dr. Manhattan <laughs> is mentioned, so we're going to find exactly. out one way or the other which yeah. one it is. Um, or if it's like some other like version third of it, yeah. version of it. Uh, Hulu's Stephen King crossover series Castle Rock returns for its second season October 23. The Crown season three mm-hmm. arrives on Netflix on November 17th. So this is the new series um, which takes place a couple of decades after the last one finished. So this is not the, the Claire, Claire Foy. Foy yeah. This is Olivia Coleman playing Queen Elizabeth, Tommy Men- uh, Menzies and Helen Bottom Carter. Have you watched it? No. No, it's really good. I would good. really like to. Very good. I would like to try and catch up before Bro, it comes Matt Smith out. is in this. I know, mate. I know. I we met him. Fan. Yeah, we did. Very, very briefly. <laughs> um, it will cover the years of the British monarchy between 1964 and 1977. Mm-hmm. There is a teaser trailer out there. Um, and there is a lot of coverage via media outlets with like photography like this photo really shoots and stuff like that there. Yeah. so I'm very keen for that I mean I'm definitely going to try I can't promise we'll do a f- proper review on seasons 1 and 2 I'm going to try and catch up for season 3 and again maybe we'll review that something I know we will be reviewing when it comes out on December 6th is The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel uh, which will come back to Amazon Prime of course it's coming back for season 3 there is a teaser trailer out there I'm super excited love the first two seasons as Damask you like oh it's the best it's so good Boy, there's still more, still more releases have been announced in the last few weeks. Outlander returns to stars for season five on February 16th, 2020. A teaser trailer and release date was announced for the long-rumoured, now-confirmed El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie mm. on Netflix. Did you watch the teaser trailer? I have watched the teaser trailer. Uh, the synopsis, the brief synopsis we've gotten so far, in the wake of his dramatic escape from captivity, captivity spoilers for Breaking Bad here, Jesse must come to terms with his past in order to forge some kind of future. This movie is written and directed by Vince Gilligan, will arrive on Netflix 
on October 11th, 2019. We already have listeners asking if we're going to cover it in some form on Hunting Seasons. Make it a special episode. I'll come back. I did the I did the last episode of Breaking Bad. That's true. Uh, I haven't discussed it with Damascus yet. I'd be surprised if we didn't talk we about decided. it in at least some way. <laughs> <laughs> Executive powers while she's, she's away. When she hears this, she'll know. Um, I will link to the teaser trailer in our show notes. So, how mm. do you feel about this, Lamb? Um, depends. 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 Because it depends whether or not Walter White's alive or not in it. If Walter White, White is in it, I won't like it. What if it's like... If it's just Jesse, I think that's an interesting idea. Um, and Jesse was the best character in the show. We Don't, all totally, agree on this. Totally. And I think, yes, they left his ending a little bit open-ended. And I would be interested to see where he goes, what happens, because I don't think his story was finished. Sure. Well, he sort of got put in a room. In the last season. The last yeah, season. He, he was like, especially the last couple of episodes, he was in a, a bunker, right? Yeah. In jail, doing nothing. Um, so in a dungeon, maybe is a better description of it. It was just dungeon going crazy. Mm-hmm. It's I'm definitely intrigued by the idea. It's I'm weird watch it, it coming out so much later. Mm. Like were people dying for this? It's not like something like we've had the um we've got the, the Downton Abbey movie coming out soon. Um, though I feel like that, like the idea of that started reasonably close after the series ended. I think there was always talk of a movie there. Um, I think there was definitely talk of at least a sequel. And it's not like the Breaking Bad universe hasn't been, a, hasn't been going still. We have had Better Call, Better Call Saul, Saul, that's true. And I, it might have a bit to do with Aaron Paul not having any work at the moment. No, well, he's got work. What's he doing? I mean, he's got Westworld season three. Well, yeah, he's he does now. HBO yeah, yeah and- sure. But they, they filmed this pretty quickly as well. Like, Well, apparently it's been filmed for a while. We, we've we reported rumors of them like wrapping up filming or filming like March mm. this year. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Um, There were talks about it coming out even before the middle of the year. Um, and yeah, I did th- forget about Westworld, sorry. What's, <laughs> what's amazing though is how quick, like how quiet it's been. While there were rumors out there, there were no set photos and stuff. Yeah. Actually, there was a weird thing that happened. Um, both Brian Cranston and... Um, Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul were tweeting these teasers for something, like these images, um, on their Twitter for a while. And it turned out there was some like crossover, like alcohol they were making. Like they teamed up. I can't remember what it was, like a vodka or something like that, or tequila or something like that. Is it blue? I don't think so. That's <laughs> hilarious, though. Yeah, it should have been. Um, Especially if it's tequila. Like, that would make sense. Yeah, but it was something like that. So, everyone's like, oh, it's the Breaking Bad movie everyone's been talking about. No, it ended up being something completely different. It was really strange. Definitely Um, want to try it, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I I don't know where I'm at with this. It's, again, like Deadwood has had a movie come out recently, but Deadwood Deadwood. was cancelled before its time. Breaking Bad didn't have that problem. It finished where it finished. It had its chance to end and now like to continue on. There's risk there, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated it's on Netflix too. It's really interesting it's not on HBO that Netflix is making this. It's so unusual, but you know, whatever gets it done, I guess. If it's good, it's gonna be really fascinating. If it's bad, does it leave a nasty taste in our mouth? Do we does know it- who else has been involved in it? Is there anyone like a Ryan Johnson or somebody who might be in- like is Ryan Johnson? Written and directed by Vince Gilligan. That's what but we know. Ryan, Ryan Johnson, Johnson did Ozzy Mandias. No, I don't think yeah, I, yeah. he's too big for that now. He did Knives Out and stuff. He's doing his own thing now. He's making Star Wars movies, man. He's got a trilogy to make. Is he's he not- really making his own trilogy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's making his own trilogy. Oh, nice. That's exciting, isn't it? Very nice. Let's talk about some of the biggest news that's happened since the last time we talked about news. 
Disney-Sony standoff ends Marvel Studio and Kevin Feige's involvement in Spider-Man. I love you, 3000. Let's just go over this briefly. Basically, um, Marvel don't own the rights to making Spider-Man films currently. Sony has had those rights since they started making the Tobey Maguire films. Mm -hmm. Marvel wanted Spider-Man in the Avengers, so they made a deal with Sony. You can make the pictures, you can produce the pictures, Sony, but we are going to have them in the MCU and we're going to get 5% approximately is the considered amount of the cut. That uh, Spider-Man came back to Marvel for three Avengers films, basically if you include Civil War as one of those, and then Spider-Man um, Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home. Spider-Man Far From Home in particular made over a billion dollars internationally. Didn't the most it's ever made Wasn't that Spider-Man film. Wasn't that... I heard... The rumor was, and we reported it too, that... If Spider-Man Far From Home made a billion dollars, the rights would stay with Marvel. Yeah. That was the rumor. Apparently, that was BS. We all fed into it. I went right to 12 times. No. <laughs> and look, it worked. Look, it worked. And now he's not in the MCU. So, then what's happened is, since making a billion dollars, apparently, and this is all speculation, but based off the reports we get from places like Deadline and so forth... That Marvel has gone, hey, we're only getting 5% of the cut at the moment. We don't know if that's gross or net, by the way, if that's before or after the production costs are taken out of the money that's made at the box office, but whatever. We made a billion dollars. We're only getting 5% of that cut. We want more. We deserve more because part of the success or a lot of the success is coming off the fact that Kevin Feige is involved mm-hmm. and that it's part of the MCU. Absolutely. That drives it. Right? Well, yeah, were- I mean, literally far from home. Yeah, The whole story hinged on the fact he was in the MCU. Totally. Sony have said, fuck off. We're not giving you 50%. We can make Spider-Man films without you. Um, there's talk about whether they offered a counter-offer, what that counter-offer was, whether mm. it was they just said, we want to stick with the existing deal, and Marvel were like, no. But basically, we've got to a point where neither party can... These parties can't agree. And so, currently, it does not appear that Spider-Man will appear in the MCU again, that that is over and done with. Kevin okay. Feige will not be involved with the next Spider-Man film that comes out. Tom Holland presumably will still be Spider-Man because he's contracted to do so, but he won't be in the MCU. Here's the thing. None of this matters because the truth is we've all been played. I direct your attention to an episode of Virtual Legality. Um, this is a from the Hogue Law YouTube channel. Oh, this is something you or, told me about. Or already, podcast yeah. if you just want to listen to the audio format. Hogue deals with contract negotiations and recognizes the brinksmanship tactic at work. But basically, it comes down to this. Both Sony and Disney are trying to leverage public relation to get the deal, or at least a better deal that they want. Mm -hmm. This is likely nowhere near over yet. And considering how much money Spidey is making, it would be pretty rational for Disney and Sony to walk away from this agreement just like that. Or this arrangement, I should say. It may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, but expect to hear it in the not-too-distant future that Spidey, the Spidey deal has miraculously been saved at the 11th hour and that Peter Parker is back in the MCU. That's the way it's going to be presented, right? We're going to pre- we've heard that it's over. They're never coming back together. It's divorced. Spidey's out. Except no one has actually confirmed that. No one said those words. Sony have not announced a new Spider-Man film that is divorced from the MCU. That has never been said officially. What we have is a lot of posturing from Disney and Sony saying how much they wished it could have ha- wished this could happen but it's just not in the cards right now or how Sony will be great without Disney you know we we thank Kevin Feige for their work but these deals happen behind absolutely and they don't normally leak 
But strategically, there's been leaks from this deal because Disney and Sony are trying to get the public to talk about it because they want the public to say, hey, Sony, you bunch of idiots. Don't make Sony, don't make Spider-Man films without the MCU so that, M- so that Disney can leverage that public um, sentiment. Absolutely. And that's why I said I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Also, it's going to happen. Also, I'd be very surprised here is if it didn't happen. my prediction of how it goes down. Write this down. This has been recorded for prosperity. prosperity. Tom Holland is on a chat show. Someone is, you know, being interviewed for something new he's making. May it be Disney's, uh, that, that one onward or whatever that, sure, that movie is. And he makes a mistake and leaks the fact that he's going to be back in the MCU. Could be something like that. They could, That's it. Tom Holland is perfect. They could just do another big reveal because every couple of months it seems like there's another big yeah. like MCU revealing like, titles and stuff they like came that. Out, like and then suddenly yeah like oh here's all the stuff we're doing in MCU and then two days oh, and, and two Blake. weeks later oh, like oh wait here's all this More other stuff, stuff we're doing. We're doing. Like, oh, we held another press conference. What happened to the one two weeks ago? Yeah, it could be anything like that. It could be they might even put a teaser at the end of the Immortal the. Eternals, whatever Eternals, the next MCU yeah. film. Oh, Black Widow comes out first. Like, there are so many ways to do it. But my guess it's going to be breaking news, Spidey back in the MCU, last minute deal saves Spidey, basically. And it's going to be presented like that, which is nonsense. Mm. It's just that the talks were always ongoing. They walked away for a while. They were doing the brinksmanship thing again. Listen to the Hogue, uh, Hogue Law Virtual Legality episode about this. Explains it in detail how this works. But it's exactly what's going on. I truly believe that we, the public, and our pundits who keep talking about it and talking about what happens now, what's going to happen to Spidey, etc. Let's boycott Sony. Or any of this stuff yeah. are being pushed through the machine for the sake of the studios. It's all it's all money, baby. It all comes down to money. And that's what this as is. As much as we think they love they love us and they love their stories and they love... It, in the end, it is money. Absolutely. It is a business. Speaking of how they're going to get our money, though... Disney, Disney Plus <laughs> <laughs> will be arriving in Australia on November 19th, 2019. This is just a week after it launches in the US. It will cost $8.99 Australian a month. That's it's so cheap. Unknown if we'll have everything the US does right away, but you can guarantee that as much as I am cynical about their business dealings, I will be buying it day one. <laughs> There's no way I can't. And here's why. Here are some dis- details on Disney Plus. I'll just go get myself something to eat while you read Please. this. There's so much going on here that's coming out listening. It will allow up to seven user accounts, four simultaneous streams, 4K and HDR for no extra cost. This is a big deal. Do you have like stocks in this, bro? I should. It sounds I like should. it. Uh, this is a big shot at Netflix, though, because they have multiple tiered plans. And yeah. you have to get the most expensive one to get not just multiple streams, but 4K and stuff like that. Disney, one price, you get it all. And also, that price is already cheaper than yeah, Netflix. I also hear that um, if you order right now, you get a set of steak knives. Correct. <laughs> it will not have R-rated content. R-rated movies such as Fox's Deadpool and Logan will likely go to Hulu because Hulu is now owned yeah, by Disney as Disney, well. Yeah, yeah. And in America, and I Disney doubt it will happen here, um, they you can package them together. ESPN, I think, and... Uh, Hulu, well, Hulu doesn't exist Plus. in Australia. Yeah. Well, it might now. We well, don't. Yeah, they'd probably have a, a good platform for it. Yeah. We don't know yet, but we. Yeah, we get Disney Plus. It land on up on Stan here, probably. Possibly. Yeah, maybe. No, no. Disney That's will because they own it. I, I think they, if they're gonna. I mean, Disney Plus is being built off the Hulu like servers and stuff off the main their infrastructure. Yeah. It's likely they'll just 
bring Hulu here as well. Some titles will offer bonus features, such as deleted scenes, documentaries, and commentaries. Yes. How cool is that? That's the best. That's I've missed that so much. Yes. Uh, possibly my favorite news. This is this is this makes me so happy. Seasons of shows won't be releasing all at once for easy binging and will instead release one episode per week. Lame. No. No. This is the best thing. Welcome We've, to the 21st century. Nah, Everybody wants everything century. right now. Yeah. If you can choose to watch it how you want to watch it, the, that's what I like about it. But this. the problem is the conversation, trying to have the conversation around a television show when you don't know when everybody's up to date and stuff like that is really difficult. Game of Thrones has been so special because it's been appointment viewing. We've all known that, okay, there's a 24-hour buffer, but after 24 hours, jump on Facebook, jump on Twitter, jump on whatever have your water cooler chats about it. And that's what made Game of Thrones, part of the reason Game of Thrones is such a phenomenon, right? Because it was a shared experience. Okay. I think it's become less of a conversation about individual episodes and more of a conversation about full seasons. So and even, what's happening, Brod, yes. is that the world is now doing what hunting seasons does and talks about a season of television a week. Next week, we'll watch the new season of Mindhunter. This week, we'll watch the new season of The Boys. This week, we'll watch Orange is the New Black. And But the problem I have with that is the conversation. It's like, it's there and it's gone so quickly. Whereas, we're going to be able to talk about The Mandalorian week in, week out for 10 weeks and the conversation will last. It's going to have a bigger cultural footprint. Yeah, I, I see your point. I see where you're coming from. But I think... I'm it, so excited that Disney are doing it differently to Netflix. I'm so excited they're doing it different to Amazon even because Amazon's releasing like The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel all at once. That was my favorite news though. Day one, original content will include The Mandalorian Season 1, Episode 1, <laughs> uh, Lady in the Tramp live action movie, High School Musical, the musical, the series. Have you seen the trailer for that? Yeah. Are they going to release that whole series, the full series, or just one episode? It's probably going to be episode by episode. Really? Because it says the series, and the other one says episode one. I think No, it release... doesn't say episode one. I added oh, that. Okay, that was the okay, joke, okay. you dork. The world according also, to yes, Jeff Also, yes, I have Gold seen the trailer for the High School Musical, musical, <laughs> the musical. It's got a bit of a... Uh, American Vandal vibe to it, which I'm hoping it's, is... Yeah, because it's, it's mockumentary. Yeah, yeah. Which, but it's also very glee. Very glee. The Which was the original, anyway. The World According to Jeff Goldblum, uh, Noel, a Christmas film starring Anna Kendrick, uh, Bill Hader, and Billy Eichner. Yep. Good names in that. Looks like a really middle-of-the-road Disney I Christmas film. I reckon it could be good. It could be good. I think that- Bill Hader is always going to make Bill me. Hader, yeah, and Anna Kendrick, and Billy Eichner. Like, I don't- I mean, although they have been in some terrible stuff. Other shows announced to be coming to Disney Plus in the future. Muppets Now, a short-form unscripted series about startling silliness and heartfelt fun. They're going to try and make the Muppets work again. I think so far, the Muppets movie. is them. It's them interviewing celebrities. It's a celebrity interview show. Is that what it is this yeah. time around? Okay, interesting. Or they, they, they interact with a lot like of celebrities. Between Two Ferns, the but movie? with the Muppets. Have well, there's the, that the too. Making, yeah. Didn't even have that in my rundown, but that's coming out mm-hmm. later this month. Yeah. Um, so you're on Netflix. You're saying it's between two ferns, but with Muppets. Probably. I mean, that that's definitely that that has my interest. I'd watch Zach that. Zach was in the Muppets movie. Anyway. He was. He was. Hey, boy, Joe. Uh, Ms. Marvel live action show. Ms. Marvel, not to be confused with Captain Marvel, though Captain Marvel was originally called Ms. Marvel. But anyway, Ms. Marvel. Uh, the current version is a Muslim American teen girl from New Jersey with the ability to stretch and alter her body shape and density. 
Very, very popular. Very cool. Um, very cool. Looking forward to that. She-Hulk and Moon Knight will also be getting uh, live-action shows. Oh, really? I'm going to read some synopses, just a background of these characters, because I wasn't super familiar with them. Um, so, these come from William Hughes at AV Club. Jennifer Walters is Bruce Banner's cousin who begins turning into a bigger, greener, and much more prone-to-comic-book-cheesecake-poses version of herself after a blood transfusion gone awry. She also always... She's also always been one of Marvel's most relentlessly fun characters, not just because she's upbeat, positive, uh, upbeat, positive person, but because her best series have put a lot of emphasis on Jen's career as a lawyer. Think Ally McBeal, but with the Hulk. Uh, <laughs> Moon Knight is a tougher sell, and not just because he doesn't have an obvious connection to the to a well-known character for audiences to latch onto. He's kind of like a Marvel version of Batman. If Batman was a former mercenary with disassociative identity disorder and a magical connection to an Egyptian god, and sometimes he's a cab driver, and also sometimes he kills people. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Tell that Batman. Tell that Batman. <laughs> um, it, and this is on top of all the things we already know about. Um what would we know? The Winter Soldier, Falcon the Winter Soldier, um, Loki, etc. We've talked about this before. So there's just two or three more series but of those. There. Those are like the Winter Soldier and Loki stuff. Yes. They're all like short things, right? Because it's very expensive to make TV shows with those people. I think they're, I think we suggest that all of these will be like... It doesn't sound like these shows are going to go for longer than like eight to ten episodes each, I think. Which, okay, they so they're not going the Netflix route of like Daredevil. I don't know. Certainly, She-Hulk <laughs> and Moon Knight are potentially going to be those things. I mean, there's always a the potential these things can go on for longer than their original sure, run. Sure, but sure. no details beyond that, really, at this point. Though we did get some details on WandaVision, also from Lynn Hughes at the AV Club. We finally gotten some news that WandaVision is going to be exactly as fucking weird as it always sounded, being described, described as half classic sitcom, half MCU spectacular, Said classic sitcom elements apparently include the appearance of Catherine Hahn playing a Gladys Kravitz-esque nosy neighbor, along with sitcom royalty (laughs) Randall Park, who previously showed up in Ant-Man the Wasp, and for some reason, Kat Dennings, reprising her role from the Thor films. In other words, it sounds bonkers, and while we're pretty sure things will inevitably take a turn for the Dark, at some point, the easy money is that th- th- this being Wanda's way of using her reality-warping powers to process Vision's Thanos-inflicted death, there's likely going to be a whole lot of bad punning and bewitched-riffing action along the way. I was say, Sounds have, fucking great to me. Have you seen the uh, concept art? 
Yeah, I did see a little bit. Very bewitched. Very bewitched. And you said Dick Van Dyke sort of esque stuff. Dick Van Dyke show. I One Division was announced. A lot of people were like, "What the fuck?" But so it's based after Thanos. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's I the whole the concept sounds really interesting to me. It's also one of those things where it could go, it could be bad easily. But I feel like we we've never really got a chance to explore. This is what I like about the TV shows. We're getting a chance to spend more time with characters who we haven't had enough time to spend mm-hmm. time with at this point. Vision and Scarlet Witch. Played by great actors in Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, finally get to do something and get like a good six hours or more to do it in, probably in this television show, and a really weird, out there, different thing for the MCU as well. This isn't going to be like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which presumably is going to be some espionage action thriller. You know what I mean? I'm so in. It's gonna be something out there. It's gonna use those characters in interesting ways. I'm. I think that's really cool. I want to see more of it. There's definitely some sitcom blood in the Olsen blood, so if That's it goes sitcom-y. <laughs> yeah, sure. Imagine if the twins showed up. Ah, uh, some other Disney use. Ewan McGregor to return as Obi-Wan Kenobi in a Disney Plus series. This series will take place after episode three during the period that Solo, a Star Wars story is set. All eight scripts for the first season have already been written and the current plan is for filming to begin in early 2020. This will be the third Star Wars live action Disney Plus show alongside John Favreau's The Mandalorian and a Rogue One prequel show following uh, Cassian Andor and K2SO. Are you, you excited? Yes. No, that you and McGregor, sorry, Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to kill Darth Maul. You haven't watched Star Wars Rebels, is what Clearly. you just told me. Clearly. Clearly. Is that canon? That's done, dude. That's like, oh, you no. are so far but behind, it's not even funny. But that's happened. Isn't Clone Wars getting a new... Clone Wars is getting a new season. New season? Correct. Um, but they've put Darth Maul in, like, he was in Solo. Yes. And that takes play. Yes, that's so true. So this is based at the same time. Correct, but so I, is that going to be? Do you think it'll have? I reckon they'll at least see each other. I mean, he originally killed him. Like, if there's no, po- it's quite possible. Definitely, I'm not. I'm not super up to date with the Clone Wars or the Rebel stuff. All I know is that there has already been a rematch between Obi Wan and Darth Maul in Star Wars Rebels. I've watched that scene. Okay, and okay, sure. I'm not going to spoil us for what happens, but it's it's happened. I'm guessing I know what happens. <laughs> if you're like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> But, you know, we, he's died before. It's <laughs> true. Guy keeps coming back to life. Um, yes, I'm excited for it because he's the best thing about the prequels. Agreed. If there was, there's been rumblings about an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie for a long time. Um, I, uh, this also, just this idea that we're getting an Obi-Wan Kenobi series is interesting, right? There was talk when they were making the new trilogy of Star Wars films. We got our Rebel, what was it called? Rogue One. And then we got Solo, a Star Wars movie. And there was talk- so a Star Wars story. Star Wars story. Star Wars movie. Star Wars I mean, Wars that's movie. true too. But we were going to get a Boba Fett movie and we're going to get a Yoda movie and we're going to get a Obi-Wan movie. And everyone's like, can we just make less Star Wars movies? It's too much. But turning them into TV stuff, I think is a really good way of doing it. Yes. Interesting concept. I just don't want it to have as much of an effect on the original trilogy as Solo did. How, okay, what are you worried is going to happen well, here? What? Okay, here's my biggest hate from the Solo, Han Solo story. Sure. Is that, well, two things. One, everything we know about Han Solo happened in a week. 
No, it's not true. It happens over multiple years. But go on. Sorry. The stuff that he keeps telling people about how he did the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs and all this stuff that we know about Han Solo and Chewie happened in like a week okay, period sure, sure. in the film. Two, he single-handedly funded the whole rebellion. This is what? It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Retconning he stuff had to way make too much yeah. of an influence on the trilogy. It was an assassination trilogy. of a character that his story... This is the problem with doing the prequel for Han Solo. It didn't make sense to do that because his story starts in A New Hope. Like exactly. that, is, that is where we meet him. He is a rogue and a smuggler and his arc takes place over that trilogy exactly. of films. It made no sense to go in before that because he wasn't interesting yet. No. That wasn't the point. Also, why do we need to know how he got his name? That's ridiculous. Yeah, that it's was all terrible. terrible. Yeah, it's a terrible movie. Terrible film. It would be better if Lord of Miller stayed on. Absolutely. Because they weren't... Let's not go on a Because you know they were poking fun at the idea yeah, of Britain. Yeah. You don't know that. But I you certainly <laughs> speculate they were poking fun at the idea of going back and finding out the history of Han Solo, a character who did not need an origin story. That's why I reckon Disney why, flinched because they yeah. they realized that they were poking fun, not taking it seriously, and that was not going to look good for the series, which people are meant to be beholden to. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was going to be too tongue in, tongue in cheek for them, and that's why they yeah, flinched. Yeah, it's, it's one thing going that's and guess. making a movie, a Twenty One Jump Street reboot that should never have been made, or a Lego Movie movie, Lego Movie that should never have been made or never be good. Yeah, and make brilliant masterpieces out of them. Um. And taking something that was already existent and already is good, you know? And I can see why definitely Disney got scared. So, Lucasfilm got scared. This is the difference with uh, Obi-Wan, though, is that we've had before and after. This is just filling in a gap in the story, you know what I mean? And for me, it does seem weird that Obi-Wan was just sitting on a desert planet doing nothing. True. I mean, mean, there's definitely. He probably had something going on. And he's met Luke Skywalker. He knows him. That's true. We might. So see there's definitely going to be a young, young Luke in this. Totally. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Because the what the, the original. I wonder I if mean, they'll get what's the name of the actor episode? who played young Uncle Owen, uh, the Australian guy. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I wonder Joel if Edgerton. Joel Edgerton. I wonder if they'll get Joel him Edgerton play... back as Uncle Owen again. Yes. Hmm. Um, Maybe also, Water will show up again. Maybe Sebulba. <laughs> Sebulba. I hope it's a like Sebulba and Watto spin-off series to get this one. <laughs> um, Jar Jar shows up. Oh no. There's a real chance a that could happen. He has a connection. There's a real chance that could happen. If he shows up and then is he's in Clone Wars and We could get more Jimmy Schmitz as Bail Organa as well in it. Like that's a possibility. He did put him there. Yeah. Do we get any also? I mean, he arc- it, no, ends, it ends yeah. with him on Tatooine handing over Luke to That's how, yeah. The, the final Owen, show of episode uh, three. The, the uh, Owens. Owens? Uh, Uncle Owen, Aunt Beru, whatever. The Lars family. Uh, Lars. The Lars go. family. So, yeah. He, Sorry, it's, if, it, if it's not on Tatooine, at least. He can't go too far, though. He's he there to protect Luke. He's got to be there to, to watch over him. Yeah. So, I don't know. How much can go on in Tatooine? I want to see Obi-Wan outside of the Jedi Order, you know, having a romance or something like that. Like, I don't want the whole thing to be that. But I feel like this guy, this monk, without his... Like, that's that's an interesting story to me. This guy who was part of this Jedi Order, it was his whole entire life, doesn't exist anymore. What is that? What happens to that guy? Sure, but he is like a hardcore devotee. And also, he saw what happened when... He broke the rules a little bit, though. Sure, but then he saw what happened when someone broke the rules to be in love and then Darth Vader was born. 
sure, it was outside factors as well. We don't need to go into a whole rundown of the Star Wars here. But if you want to, I uh, do A New Hope on the watch list. It's the very first episode. Anyway, um, I it's I wonder if this is almost going to be Star Wars' version of the Picard series which is coming up. Because if it is, I'm in. That looks really interesting to me. It's like the... what Because that's what Picard is sort of, right? It's like, what happens to this decorated captain, mm-hmm. you know, hero of the Federation, whatever, when he retires? He's also, done. Does... Will Darth Vader show up in this? Will it's not impossible, but it seems unlikely. I think I think we'll be knowing and we'll hear about Darth Vader stuff, but I doubt we'll see Darth Vader. We'll see the rise of the Empire. Cause the chant because Obi-Wan and Darth Vader can't meet up. This is actually really interesting. You will you will see like the Empire go from where it was to where it is at the start of New Hope, like run on the joint. Like full on. Well, it's this it's the same timeline as the solo movie. So whatever version of the Empire we had then is what we're gonna get now. Is it in the exact same timeline? It's during. It's literally during the the solo starts in one place and ends in another. It's over about a three year period. Is like in that three year period is when it's going to take place during that time. How old is Luke at that point? Mm, He'd be a kid. Pretty young, yeah. Sub ten. Pretty young, yeah. Sub ten. Because how how long difference? What's the time difference between the end of Solo and the start? I of- don't know, man. You're asking. Well, I didn't pay you had the answer for this. I thought you might have the answer. I'm for that. speculating. Speaking of speculating, have you seen the teaser footage that came out of uh, D23 for Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker? Not a proper trailer. Kind of more of like a hey, remember how we made all these other movies, and this is the last one of that nine. Yes. And there's some new footage. Yes. I have seen this. You know I saw this. I was sitting next to you when I watched it. I'm going to say this is not a spoiler because it's in the, the world trailer. The seen this. And also, I feel like if it's in the trailer, it's probably not as big a deal as they make it. They want you to think it seems. Yeah. What do we think about the whole Dark Ray thing? We, You and I have talked about this in length. Do you really want to go into this? A little bit. She's a clone. Clone is a possibility. Vision She's, is, is she, one. Is Ray supposed to be a clone of somebody, say Darth Vader or Palpatine? Or, I mean, I, I'm not happy... I'm not excited for the Palpatine of it at all, you know? Yeah, the Palpatine of it all worries me big time. The Palpatine of it all worries me that Snoke dying has meant that JJ's thought, I've got to fill this Snoke-sized hole in my story. I'll chuck in Palpatine. No, like, I don't think... I don't think you do. You don't. I think you show this, you know, clearly Kylo, right? He's gone off the deep end now. You show him that he's the bad guy. He's the... For me, that was the interesting thing. Exactly. I wanted to see Kylo take the lead as the bad guy in this film. And so, the Palpatine thing overshadowing... Because that was like... We we expected this to go the route of like... Uh, the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, right? Yeah. Snoke's going to be tempting Ray the Ducks. And Kylo's going to say no. And like throw Snoke over the edge and blah, blah, blah. And do the whole Darth Vader Emperor thing. But and that was that. the brilliant... Twice. Twist in... In The Last Jedi, though, was yeah. like, we're not doing that again. Which we're is going good. to kick that idea in the butt right now. We're not going to do that. We're going to do it. It might not. It might come to a similar conclusion, but we're not going to go the way you think it's going to go. Yeah, absolutely. What's Luke's line is that this isn't going the way you think it's going to go. Um, and so now it feels like it's going to go the way we think it's going to go. Yeah, and I'm really not happy about it. Because I think they, Ryan Johnson did something. You and I are... We very much on Ryan Johnson, in a Ryan Johnson. I'm camp. just very into the I idea that cheerleaders at this point that Star Wars needed a 
a, a refresh. A refresh. It needed to be rejuvenated. It needed to be shocked back into doing something. Just, it was treading, as much as I like The Force Awakens, I needed that next film to not be The Empire Strikes Back. And this film was not The Empire Strikes Back. It, It riffed on the whole, like it started the end of an arc and went, where we started is not where we need to end up again. Because mm-hmm. that was the the risk, right? It's like, oh, we're going to just rebuild the Jedi and like the Jedi are back. And that's how this story ends. Imagine no. being able to see the First Order being run by Kylo, who has gone off the deep end. Like, yeah. He is He's making irrational decisions. Yeah. He's making stupid based on feeling and, and whatnot, right? His anger mm. or his resentment or his insecurity with himself. And what he's built himself up to be this whole time, and what he's supposed to be. Imagine that person running the first order and running rampant across the galaxy, and trying to bring that down, as opposed to an organized, well-oiled machi- military machine, which was the Empire in the original trilogy. Sure, that's different, and that, I think that's fresh enough that it, you approach it differently from, and like the rebels or whatever, the resistance has to has to approach that differently. Mm. My guess is that in an effort to try and make this ninth film, not the end of just the trilogy, but the end of the entire saga, right? The trilogy of trilogies. Is that we're going to go back to what started in episode one, which is the idea that um, Anakin was sort of like uh, divine birth, right? Mm. But then we sort of got the hint that maybe Palpatine had actually sort of created... Uh, Anakin. Yeah, yeah. And so, with that in mind, that's we're just going to find out that the Ray is the continuation of that story. Oh, it all blends together, and it was all Palpatine's plan from the beginning, and this is just the continuation of that. But we really sort of the first two films of this current trilogy mm. really glossed over the fact that they existed. <laughs> that world, those three. That films is true. Were made. Why it does feel weird to go back to Palpatine? Palpatine yeah, because. I mean, although they did really rely on the whole Han, Leia, and Luke of it all as well. Yeah, but that was they weren't. It's Palpatine is in also the part original trilogy. But Palpatine is sure. Yes, Palpatine is the Emperor is. But that, but the thing is though, the trilogies lent heavily. The, the prequels lent heavily on the fact that Palpatine existed in the original trilogy. Mm. So that's doing the same thing, just in a different order. Yeah, but they had to. They had to build up to. Sure. Why do you have to? That, that's why I think you don't. Why do you have to continue that? I don't you think you don't do. have to now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm. I'm a little bit worried. About I'm. This I'm last so film. worried. I was so excited for the Last Jedi. Last Jedi. Yeah. My. And, my. And the, I was not disappointed. The bit of confidence I have is that I do like the Force Awakens a lot. Like. Oh yeah. If nothing else, it's going to be a really well shot, exciting adventure movie. I think. Hmm. How well it, it works out to be the end of this Ray trilogy and then an end to the nine Star Wars films, I'm not convinced at this stage. And if it's... Uh, imagine all the the outcry there'll be if like, oh, she was created by this dude, this old white dude, like this strong independent female I'm not, I'm not necessarily against the idea that she's created. That's not terrible. It's just, it philosophically kind of goes against the idea that she's nobody. You mm. know what I mean? That's the bit that would annoy me more is because I really like the idea that 
we've it's always been about fate, right? It's always been about you know the chosen one, and Luke is the the son of Darth Vader. It's all mm. about lineage and bloodlines and stuff like that. And she was like, "Well, no, you." can be nobody and not come from a famous the, force. Exactly. The bloodline. end of Last Jedi is great for that reason. Yeah. It's like anyone can be, don't have to be a Skywalker. It opened up the idea of Star Wars again. Especially if you're going to go off and have these spin-off series and movies and stuff. Like, So, like the idea that she's created doesn't worry me so much because there's there's enough in there that she can still break away and be her own thing. She can sure. break away from her, how she was made. It doesn't have to be... That, I mean, the thing to the, for me, it just means that it's the same thing as a bloodline thing. It's mm. just you were destined to be something great, so you're great. It's got nothing to do with who made her. It's just like oh, I thought we got away from that. I thought yeah, that was the whole so idea. You weren't. You didn't. Yeah. Uh, Black Panther Two is coming May twenty twenty. It was written and directed once again by Ryan, Ryan Coogler. It will be written and directed by Ryan Coogler. Cannot wait for that. Final news story. The Matrix well, at the end of the news. Okay. The Matrix Four has officially. Is officially been announced is going ahead with Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss uh, returning to their roles and Lana Wachowski writing, directing, and producing. Um, if it's not called Matrix Rebooted, they're idiots. <laughs> yeah, I know. Money on the table, right? If they don't go without them. Uh, many of the ideas Lily and I explored 20 years ago about our reality are even more relevant now. I'm very happy to have had these characters back in my life and grateful for another chance to work with my brilliant friends, Wachowski said. Production is rumored to start at the top of 2020. Zero other details are available at this point. How do you feel about this news, Liam? Well, what can't Keanu Reeves be doing right now? Like, he's literally, he can bring back people from the dead, apparently. His character, I don't understand he how. He did that in the movie, too. Is it Carrie Ann Moss? Yes. What didn't she die at the end of Matrix Revolution? So did Neo. Yeah, I don't understand what they're gonna do here. No I'd, idea. I no idea. I'm I'm curious. We, I'm definitely gonna watch it. I can't wait to see a trailer. Did you watch I'm all of the? Into, you and I watched all three. All three films very recently. recently, just before this news came out. Too. Yeah, weirdly, it was very poignantly timed. Like, oh. I mean, it is the 20th anniversary this year of the Matrix's release, which is oh, it's on everybody's mind. Keanu Reeves is also it's on everyone's mind. Is it? It, well, it's on a lot of people's mind. Maybe the Matrix is making sure it's on our mind. Yeah, maybe. 1999 is being talked about a lot, just generally as being a great year for film in retrospect. Um, but also, yeah, Keanu Reeves is fucking everywhere, right? Just he is the... He's having a Sorry, Keanu 1989. Sons. 1989. Yeah, so you said in 89. 1999. <laughs> like, Keanu Reeves year. is the hottest ticket in town currently. Yeah. Um, stupid not to. Well, that's what you wonder is whether it was... A money grab or is it a... Well, that's that's the cynical way of looking at it. Is it like something that has maybe been thought about being happening for a while? There's been ideas out there, but maybe they didn't think it was worth the time and now it is. Or is it like, Keanu's hot right now. Can we make a Matrix 4, please? Yeah. Like, is that why this is happening? Is it a New Line... Is New Line Cinema? Did it? New Line was the original one. Yeah. yeah. Is New Line Cinema making this one? Do you know? Uh, I don't know whether it's New Line or Warner now. I'm not sure who's in charge of their stuff. Probably Disney. I um, think it's Warner. But... I am. I'm excited. I'm excited. I, for a number of reasons. I think I appreciate the f- films a lot more now than I'm an adult. They're Twenty f- years ago, I watched these movies. First film's great. First, first film the sequels are flawed. Sure, but I now understand them. <laughs> um, watching again, Reloaded and Revolutions, I've actually understood what these films, what's happened in these films. I now understand why Neo goes to the source. I understand. 
all this. I understand the conversation he has can, with the architect. Can you explain to me um, why he's able to stop the Sentinels at the end of re? Yes, because he's been to the source, uh-huh. which is the architect, and he's now more connected to the source in general. Okay, he's uh, he's, he's wireless. Why is he- <laughs> he's 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 upgraded to Wi-Fi, um, and now is connected in the real world to the source as well. No, I can't understand that. No one can fucking understand that. <laughs> that's the bit that's always maybe that's me. what the, the Matrix Four will be. Oh, man, it's just the one bit I wish I had a little bit more explaining. Is like I under- the idea he's connected to the source and he can now see the machines that he couldn't see before. I'm fine with. Can someone just explain to me how? Until now, we have needed a hard connection to the Matrix. How he can have this wireless connection to them, it does not make sense to me whatsoever. Why? It's a massive flaw for me. Yeah, like, why does... Did they even need that scene? Like, I mean, it's super exciting. I got to tell you, when I was in the cinemas the first time, I saw that at midnight. I like, saw what that. does this mean? It was the and most. And then a year later, thing. you're like, oh, nothing. I spent ye- I spent so much time on Matrix forums and stuff, reading theories and trying to understand and stuff like that. I still imagine just- if they just brought all three films out as one and you could binge it. You wouldn't have had to have those conversations, bro. Yeah, exactly. What a boring <laughs> thing that would have been. Oh man, those Matrix forums were fun. I was on the One Ring.net a lot of those days as well. Oh, good times. The internet was an innocent place back then. I was on the Habbo Hotel trying to make friends. <laughs> Neopets. Mm. Um, RuneScape. I, why are you excited for the Matrix 4? Because, for one, it's going to... With the technology now, imagine those films being made now with the technology that we have. Yeah, no, I think the most exciting thing for me is these fight spe- scenes are going to be insane. Especially the sequels. Mm. They would they were ahead of their time with some of their CGI stuff, right? Sure, but virtual also- virtual camera stuff. Yeah, but when I say ahead of their time, the problem was the technology actually wasn't there for their exactly. idea at this point. And so I think of it like Toy Story, nineteen ninety nine, and then Toy Story two in two thousand and three are brilliant movies. But boy, they've aged poorly. And even back then, they didn't look. All that hot crash hot. You know what they could do now? No, 995 and 999. Whatever, go on. They could literally de-age Neo when he's in the Matrix. No, they to could. be the young Neo that we know. Um, 995, 999. I think that's right for Toy Story. Sure. And Toy Story. Anyway, I used to know this stuff for some reason. Um, but like, now yeah. you wonder with the Wachowski's sort of visual... Um, I, th- how their brain works and wh- the stuff they can do, they've got a lot more ability yeah, technology-wise. Yeah. What's they going to look like? If technology's caught up to their vision, could that be really... Maybe that would be awesome. It'll be mind-bending and incredible and we'll see something we've never seen before because they'll have um, some visual concept they can finally achieve. I kind of wonder whether maybe cinema has already done it in some yeah. ways because well, every filmmaker since the ninth since 99 has been inspired by the matrix exactly yeah they definitely revolutionized the um the filmmaking techniques in terms of especially like spinning cameras and like slow-mo and all that kind of stuff like bullet time is everyone does that now and everything well the thing is we don't really do bullet time anymore Bullet Time was a huge fad. I say through Bullet Time, I mean 2000s. super slow mo. Sure, sure, sure. Like that's in everything now, and every fight scene has a moment where it's fast paced and then it slows down and someone speed gets ramping. So that's speed ramping. Yeah, they absolutely. did do a bit of speed ramping too. And then Zack Snyder really got into <clears> that as well. So the only this has all been done a lot since then. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just kind of interested. I think the Matrix 
uh, it's a sort of blockbuster filmmaking we really get to see that's really cerebral and it's a bit out there, philosophical. It's it's a bigger idea than we normally get now superhero films and stuff these days. Thing is, I'm I'm very interested to see what they've got. There's a huge potential for it to be terrible the world as well. Was, okay, I actually just recently watched and. I don't want to go too long about this, but I recently watched a um, video essay about the cubicle era of filmmaking, which is 1999, early 2000s, where America was in this. This is before 9-11. America was very in, early 2000s then because... Yes, yes. America was in this like state of like ha- like success. It was the the best country in the world. It was the richest country in the world. You know, it was it was running the world. It was sure. right, and there was no real problems. So there was the monotony of this normal. Like you think about different times in in cinema history mm-hmm. where things are, but like they're being affected by what's going on in the world. So you know, world sure. wars and and whatnot. There wasn't anything going on yet. So they made films like The Matrix, Office Space, Fight Club, where it's about these, you know regular white guys who are bored of the monotony of their life and they're trying to break out of that Mm -hmm. just everyday normal life. Nothing interesting is happening. We're in a very different world now to what when the original Matrix was made. So is this going to be... And I mean, the Matrix is very much... And the whole thing is very much about that, breaking out of this world and, you know, being your true self, and Mm -hmm. right? What is the new... One about and will there be things about like transgender and and all that kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah, yeah. They originally wanted to have a character. Switch was supposed to be a switch. I believe Switch was meant to be transgender. Was meant to be a trans. Like was supposed to be a man on the inside, a female on the inside, man on the outside, man, female inside. Yeah, I think on the, depending yeah. and one whether in the Matrix or out of the Matrix, they yeah they may be represented as a woman inside the Matrix, but in they were biologically male on the outside or something exactly. like that. Yeah. yeah, I think that that's that's what I've heard as well. And you do wonder about that. Because obviously the Wachowskis are trans women, well, but they transitioned. Were, yeah. They were not at least openly trans at the time of making the Wachowski brothers back in the day. Why these films? They made these films. It makes a lot of sense, and it, it, you're not surprised by you know the revelation that they they transition. It's like, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense because they clearly were expressing, finding a way well, to express who they were feeling. That's, they both were. That's what's going to be really interesting now. Is that in yeah? What does that their lives now and the world now, how is that going to flavor the Matrix 4? I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. Interested. I'm really, I'm excited in a lot of ways. It's in a lot of series that I think just need to be left alone and no more sequels and stuff. I'm, I think the Matrix is more interesting enough that a sequel 20 years later could be really, really fascinating. It was an excellent commentary, especially I think for me, it was a commentary that was important to me when I was a teenager as an adult now. I don't know. I'm interested to explore it again. It's kind of, in some ways, reminds me of like how I was interested in Toy Story three versus Toy Story one two. Somehow, Toy Story getting a lot of love as I talk about the Matrix, but like, I think of the Toy Story one two as being representative of my childhood. Yeah. Uh, the Matrix came out in 1999. I was entering my teen years, and then through yeah high school years, the sequels came out. So now, as an adult, oh, this thing that I enjoyed as adolescence, how is that? What does that look like now? Years How am I going to relate to it now? As 20 an adult? years is a very long time. Yeah. To make a film that there's going to be a lot to explain between if it's not going to take pick up where it left off. It's just, we have no idea how it's going to, what it's going to be what about. It's going to be? There's just so many questions up in the air about it. 
fascinated. It could be anything. It could be utterly terrible and a complete waste of time should never have happened. It could be I can't wait to find a out. huge redemption for the series because people don't like those sequels very much. And me included. Like I, I do like them a lot and mostly it's nostalgia to some degree. I think they're really interesting films. Having watched them again, they're super dorky in a lot of ways. Mm. You know, the oh, first they're, one, they're the first so one isn't. Like. The first one is not as dorky. There's something for some reason that like gothic leather thing they've got going on works because it's a bit grun- it's so much grungier it's not as it's it's a lot a lot more like minimalistic in the first one that it is in the second and third one it is it's definitely funny how- that more that grunge scene whereas second and third one they go crazy with it all like and it just on. feels really sterile to me can compare yeah, yeah, like yeah. And i understand that like it's a computer program, it's a simulation and all those sorts of things. There's a lot of reasons that can feel like you're in a sterile or like controlled environment and that like the symbolism there. But it also just made a less interesting film to watch. Yeah. It made its dorkiness more obvious. There's a scene in the start of Revolution because we watched Reload and I was like, oh yeah, that was still pretty good. And then you start Revelations, Revolutions, Revolutions and there's a bit where... Morpheus and Trinity are chasing the train man um, through the subway. I was like, this is really dorky. Watching them like stiff arm run in their their pleather and <laughs> and latex outfits and chase Bruce Spence, who's like sunglasses the, the on, white rabbit sort of reason. thing going. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, it just, it felt really dorky. And yeah, like, no, I it, it was It lacked a, a self-awareness. Well, the first part <laughs> of that film is the worst part that of first, Matrix. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it does not belong there. No. It just should not be there at all. Um, I wanted to talk about things I've been watching. I think we've gone way over time as it is. So, we're just going to leave it as a news episode this week. But... Uh, we'll have you back on again soon, hopefully, Soprano. So we nah. might find some time to talk about some of the things <laughs> you've been watching. But thank you very much for coming on. You're welcome. Thanks today, for Liam. Me. That's all right. Thanks for filling in. We'll be back next week, hopefully. The plan is Damascus and I will be back to talk about Fleabag season one. That may change. Um, but in the meantime, that is the current plan. Until then, thank you for listening to this episode of Off Topic Hot Topic. We will see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.